My name is J.J. Matthias Thomas, and I'd like to record a message with some reflections about um, really making the most <coughs> of your time here uh, in, uh, in this world. Uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, who was president of the United States, um, was remarking that one should lead uh, each day, one should uh, conduct each day as though it were one's last. And <clears throat> uh, the Lord Jesus does say something similar. He says, uh, do not worry about tomorrow, um, but you know, each day, the, the, the badness of each day, the, the challenge of each day, uh, because we're here uh, in the presence of evil in this world, uh, which God has designed uh, for uh, uh, the benefit of his eternal family, uh, that we would be confronted by uh, Lucifer uh, and Lucifer's servants, uh, so uh, the demons and the unclean spirits, and uh, and the destruction that 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 evil, selfishness, pride against God um, uh, uh, result in. Um, I'd like to uh, share a reflection um, that for me comes <clears throat> from two generations in my family. <clears throat> my dad, uh, Richard uh, Lechuelen Thomas, uh, wrote an essay, a brief uh, uh, text, when he was at St. Lawrence's School in England, boarding school. And it's a beautiful text uh, that was printed in the school magazine, and it's about a person in a valley and struggling to get up out of the valley, and uh, how difficult it is to make one's way up out of the, uh, physically the, the, the terrain was difficult, but then also the mist, uh, dealing with the problem of fog and mist. And the thing is, is that um, what I... Uh, now, having worked as a Bible translator for uh, approximately 10 years, um, have encountered is that uh, there's a lot of evidence that one can see in the history of Bible translation, which is that uh, we're dealing with a, a long period of, uh, you could say, mist or fog, uh, blindness, difficulty of seeing, spiritual waywardness, uh, really that is uh, shocking to behold. And I've witnessed about these in some publications, several publications, but I've written uh, an online book, you could call it, uh, called A Guide to Misleading Bible Quotes. Uh, so you can find that if you search for it, hopefully, <laughs> uh, on, on the internet. And I've also connected to that as a, as a site where I've been publishing short essays, and that's called Christ Life Magazine. Uh, blog. Uh, so if you search for Christ Life Magazine blog and my name, J.J. Thomas, uh, that should come up and you'll see some of these examples. Um, and uh, to summarize, the uh, the so-called churches, right, or, you know, the, 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 the institutions that represent people calling themselves Christian have now for hundreds of years been um, approving translations that really uh, undermine 
uh, the body of Christ. For example, um, the the translations uh, that are that are almost always approved, which is that, um, if, and these are mistranslations, that women must keep silence in church. Women cannot teach men. Women cannot have authority over a man. Uh, and you find these in uh, the New Testament in 1 Timothy 2 and um, uh, 1 Corinthians 14. And as I've described in a, a lot of different uh, articles, uh, is that <clears throat> this is uh, egregious. I mean, this is, this is uh, really astounding uh, mistranslation. It's very difficult to explain why this mistranslation persists when uh, the texts themselves clearly indicate that they're not talking about women. They're talking about the other sense of this word gune, which can be translated women, which is wife or married woman. Because each of those two texts signals that they're talking about married women. In one, it says, let her ask her man when she returns home. Well, a single woman especially in Christianity, it was not, there was no, uh, you know, women, men, men, women and men were encouraged to remain single. So the idea that we, all Christian women could simply go home and ask their, uh, you know, a man in their home is just, it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, it, so that's a signal by the writer, by the author of this text, right, that I'm not talking about women, I'm talking about wives. Likewise, in the other text, it talks about how she shall be saved through childbearing or child raising. Now, again, Christian women were encouraged, Christian men and women were encouraged to remain single. So the idea that, uh, that all women had to be raising children is clearly, that cannot be the message of the Christian Bible because that would lead it into a dreadful self-contradiction. So instead, uh, uh, you know, again, that appears to be a very clear signal in the text itself is talking about wives, not women. So these two texts, the, the, the Greek copies that we have of the New Testament, which are of a high quality um, and with which I really have found no fault. I mean, if you take the overall copies that we have, I've found no fault in them working, working with them as a translator that they're not saying that women need to remain silent in church and women can't teach men, which is also contradicted in the New Testament. We, uh, Priscilla uh, teaches a man in Acts chapter 18, uh, Apollos. So uh, rather it's saying that wives are not supposed to teach their husbands, wives are not supposed to have authority over their husbands. And that to avoid uh, problems uh, with undermining the position and the the face of their husband that it's better for wives to remain silent in church which of course shocks us perhaps in this year 2021 but one can understand that uh these sensitivities uh were huge in in the days when this was written but also i think uh, as testifying as a man um and seeing how marriages work uh i believe that it is still a good uh, rule to follow, or that it is that it's a wise and good rule, even in the year twenty twenty one. But that's a side note. 
Another example of really astounding, inexplicable mistranslation is Luke chapter 16, 9, which I've addressed in many broadcasts, I've addressed it in articles, uh, where uh, almost all Bible translations present the Lord Jesus as saying that his disciples should make friends with the wealth or more generally the mammon. Mammon refers to some type of kind of earthly thing that one can depend upon, like it could be a, uh, some type of capital, you could say, uh, like a field or owning a shop or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, that people should make friends, that his disciples should make friends with the wealth or mammon, the capital of injustice, so that if they fail or when it fails, there's two different witnesses in the, in the Greek, ancient Greek copies, um, they, these friends that one has made, will welcome you into the eternal dwellings. And uh, this is uh, very clearly, again, the text itself indicates that's not how to translate it, rather that the Lord is trying to pivot from the picture of the dishonest steward who indeed is making friends through the wealth or in, you know, the wealth or mammon of injustice uh, so that he'll have, so that when he fails, he's, he's been failing in his job as a steward, that these uh, people with whom he has committed embezzlement, stealing, uh, lying, and so on, fraud, uh, th- these people will welcome him uh, into, into their homes. Uh, he's pivoting and, and saying, that's not how, you know, he's saying, the proper way to translate it is that the Lord is saying, and do I tell you, make friends uh, from the mammon of injustice uh, or unrighteousness, so that when it fails or when you fail, they welcome you into the uh, eternal dwellings. And then he goes into a long uh, description, list of principles why that absolutely would not be the case, right? He says, the one who is faithful in a little is faithful in much, right? Meaning he's saying uh, in many, many, many examples in that chapter, after he pivots, absolutely not. You need to show in even the smallest things that you're a faithful and honest person. And the, and the, the, the fact that uh, uh, really more than 99% of Bible translations uh, present the Lord in this really dangerous way is it's 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 bordering on inexplicable because again the Greek is not it's not an adva- it's not a question of advanced knowledge of the ancient Greek language at all uh, because um, uh, really any translator of Greek professional translator of Greek would know this does not need to be translated as a statement it can be translated as a question. So those are a few examples uh, of that I've had to confront as a Bible translator, as a, an evangelist, of this sort of f- just really dense fog or mist, a little bit like what my dad appeared to be uh, getting aware of uh, when he was uh, a teenager in England in the 1950s. And uh, my dad's... Uh, response, I think, to this fog um, was a, a sort of uh, cynicism um, and uh, a kind of um, kind of giving up on on humanity and the world to some extent. 
uh, a tremendous sense of, um, uh, you know, a little bit like somebody wandering through the Sahara who kind of knows that, you know, things are just not going to work out particularly well here. Um, you know, at, at best, I will be scorched and, and burnt and, and thirsty and hunger and bitten by these, you know, different creatures running around in the Sahara, you know, so uh, better to just resign oneself to this dreadful fact. Um, and uh, thankfully, uh, I was able to witness to him for many years about the goodness of God and the mercy of God and uh, and I have had different types of uh, uh, miraculous uh, signals that uh, Richard did uh, receive uh, mercy and grace and forgiveness through uh, the blood of Christ uh, at the end of his life uh, when he was um, medically murdered in this uh, COVID uh, uh, war, you could call it, or mass murder or uh, genocide, the different types of ways of describing what's going on through the COVID fraud and mass murder and, and uh, medical torture and so on. In any case, um, my message to you is that I'm guessing most of you who are listening also has at some point had this sense of, my goodness, this darkness, this level of corruption, this level of... Um, waywardness, of uh, crookedness, of a lack of trustworthiness. My goodness, it seems to be rather, um, uh, as we say in Swedish, utbred, like uh, widespread, you know. Um, my goodness, am I, am I in a, a Sahara desert where the best I can hope for is, you know, uh, not to be uh, totally ripped apart by wild beasts, but I'm going to have to just deal with the constant nagging of the different creatures and the different natural you know, <laughs> challenges of, of wandering through the Sahara Desert. Is that really the best I can hope for? Um, and uh, my witness to you is, is that uh, what I have experienced is that God is absolutely real. Um, he has reached through to me in so many ways uh, over the years, and it really uh, began uh, to be something I was conscious of when I began to keep uh, the words and commandments of uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, and it took me many years before I understood what was going on. Uh, and that, in fact, this it was all based on a promise that the Lord is recorded as having given. Uh, and, and you can read it in John chapter 14, where he says, if you would love, there's different ways to translate this, but essentially it relates to the idea that um, uh, we need to show our, you know, in order to receive the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the help of the Holy Spirit and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we need to love Jesus and that involves keeping his commandments. And then, it, then it, a few uh, sentences later, it says that um, uh, one of his disciples asks, how will you, Lord, uh, reveal yourself to us, your followers, your disciples, and not to the world. And the Lord's answer is that uh, the one who keeps my word, the Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode, our dwelling, beside him. Or even in him, I think. Or in a para. So it's beside him. Or, I think that's how he 
the Greek is red. Uh, so, uh, meaning that, uh, so what to, in sum, keeping Christ's commandments, loving Christ, keeping his words, these things then lead to Christ revealing himself. It leads to the, 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 the help of the Holy Spirit. And it also leads to the, the, the presence of even the Father, right? The creator of the universe. And this is what I experienced. And this is what drew me out of, you know, as in the biblical language, many waters, meaning, you know, a lot of chaos. I, uh, I had uh, a life of uh, contact with a lot of different ideas, systems, you know, whether it's different philosophies, different religions, uh, different, uh, uh, yeah, uh, many different ways of, of understanding reality. And, and, and I, and, but because the Lord's words, that Jesus's words uh, and commandments were part of what I was being exposed to, and because I d- was drawn to them, I, I began keeping them one by one. Um, and then these astounding things would happen. And so uh, to you who are wandering in uh, what you would describe as thick fog or a scorching desert or a, you know, a, a, a moonless night in a forest uh, with a lot of uh, nasty wolves and, and other things. What I want to, what I want to, to share with you is um, uh, God is, is far more powerful than these types of challenges. And wherever you are, in whatever fog or desert or dark night, dark forest, whatever challenges you may be facing, Almighty God is is more powerful than them, uh, and uh, the the key to having uh, this um, revelation, actually experiencing God's uh, 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 existence, His reality, uh, is dependent on keeping Christ's words and commandments. Which brings us back around again to the problem of translation, right? Because you might ask, well. How do I know if I'm keeping Christ's words and commandments if even Bible translation has been so fraught? Well, um, as I have witnessed in in some other broadcasts and I think in different uh, things I've stated, uh, uh, for example, in social media, uh, one approach is to uh, focus on, uh, let's say, the King James you know, or um, what would be another one? Uh, maybe the English Standard Version, and really just focus on keeping Christ's words and commandments. And the more you do that, the more God will, I think, have mercy on you and reveal to you through the Holy Spirit that way. No, you know that one that you're thinking of keeping it in that way. No, that's mistranslated. And because also in your own conscience, hopefully, it will become apparent to you that this is out of character. This is strange. Uh, of course, my ongoing translation, the Christ Family Bible, um, is is a resource that I hope you'll also look at. Uh, that's online, uh, and um, so you can search for it. Uh, Christ Family Bible, JJ Thomas. You know, it should come up. Um, but another thing to uh, to consider is that uh, the. The body of Christ, the followers of Christ, uh, are supposed to support um, people who 
are able to rightly divide the word of truth, which is the phrase in in First Timothy. Um, I think it's First Timothy, not Second Timothy, right? But anyway, it's in one of the letters to Timothy, and it, it it's saying that um, essentially that let's say you're let's say you make the decision. I would like to keep Christ's words and commandments. Well, that's great. So again, as I say, try to get your hands on King James, English Standard Version, Christ Family Bible. You know, begin gently, gently. You know, okay, what's this commandment? What's this word? I'd like to keep it. Is it? You know, does it seem to be well translated? But also consider reaching out to try to find people who are confirmed in the role of evangelist, right? Now, uh, like Timothy and Titus uh, are described, and, and as I also have been uh, confirmed. Um, so one of them is through healing miracles, you know, or different types of, of very of, of blessings that come when that person is preaching, right? Because the principle in the New Testament is that the person who is um, uh, uh, proclaiming the good news from God of mercy through uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and eternal kingdom, eternal life with God, that God will be with those people confirming his word with signs and wonders. And those are described in Mark 16, which sadly there's a terrible mistranslation there too, which has led to just, just dreadful, dreadful tragedies. People believing that all Christians can test their own faith by, for example, handling poisonous snakes. That's not what Mark 16 is saying. I've, you know, I've done, again, I've spoken publicly about this in many ways. Uh, so please don't get the wrong idea about that. What, what, what that whole passage very certainly is saying is that the people who are faithful to the commandment of Christ to go into all creation and to preach, to proclaim the good news, that those, there will be these signs accompanying them. For example, that if they if a snake bites them, they're not going to get injured. Okay, so it, that and when we see that right in the story of Paul, that he was bitten by a viper or something like that, and nothing happened. Um, so please don't don't misinterpret that and think that you know oh I'm going to drink some poison and <laughs> you know this will show my faith. Yeah, you know no problem. No, that's not what the scripture is saying there. It's saying that the those missionaries, the evangelists, the the apostles, people going forth into the whole world. There's going to be these miraculous signs that confirm them, right? Which, of course, you can imagine, right? It's a very powerful way for God to confirm that, oh, this person is very special. Look, he was bitten by a viper and nothing happened to him, you know? Or, oh, my goodness, you know, this, these, these nasty people, they spiked St. Paul's food with a dreadful poison. And look, nothing happened to him, my goodness, you know? But it's nothing for all Christians. So, um, so I encourage you to have that in your thoughts that, it is part of the commandments of the New Testament, right? That you be trying to support people who are able to properly teach. Uh, so uh, you may make the decision that you don't want to learn ancient Greek, but please consider that it is it is the right thing to do. It is what scripture commands that you try to have recourse to people who can work with the ancient Greek. And of course, there's a lot of corruption in the different theological traditions in the in the theological schools and and you know in the university systems which are you know sadly very much dominated by anti-christian uh, systems of principles and so on um so i'm not saying that you know just oh find anybody who can you know deal with ancient greek in a pretty professional manner and you're 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 home and away no that's not what i'm saying um but you know really what you should be getting is an evangelist uh, an apostle, somebody who really understands the Greek, who is really filled with the Holy Spirit, 
you know, and so at least have that as an aspiration. Um, and, you know, my dad, he, uh, he became a scientist and worked for many decades with uh, science journalism. And uh, I also have had the, the, the privilege of learning about science and the method of science. How do you, how do you obtain uh, act, uh, factual, uh, you know, how can you, how can you obtain true knowledge of things? Um, uh, or at least tentatively true, uh, right? Because we only know in part. There's always that black swan problem that things can be overturned. But, but you know, uh, it doesn't appear that our knowledge, let's say, of the periodic table, uh, you know, the elements of the universe, the basic elements of the universe is going to be overturned, right? So what was the process of science? Um, and uh, a lot of it was, the, you know, this process which is described well in a, not perfectly, but well in a book by uh, a Cornell scholar named Gauch, G-A-U-C-H, Hugh Gauch, uh, and um, called, his book is called uh, Scientific Method in Brief. And the reason I mention this is this, that I think uh, the, the condition of uh, life in this time of history is such that one really needs to to move quite cautiously. And the scripture talks, you know, the Holy Scripture talks about this, right? It says, test every spirit. So uh, one, of the, the, one of the lessons I've learned over these years is, is that uh, it, is, it, is, uh, it is not the case that every, you know, that, any, that it, it's enough for a church or church leader to say, well, we have the Bible, we follow the Bible, we believe the Bible, we obey the Bible. A lot of the time, that is uh, really quite empty words, and and indeed they they are they are openly disobeying the Bible, but they find ways to ignore it and not talk about it, and so on. And that's dreadful, of course, right? Uh, because uh, Scripture itself says, right, all Scripture is uh, God breathed and is is important for our our uh, our learning, our our the process of us maturing as. Uh, children of God, adopted children of God, adopted through Christ. Uh, baptism in water and the Holy Spirit, right? Um, so, uh, it, I, what I encourage you to, to consider is uh, that the message of the Bible and the message of science are actually very, very similar, right? Which is essentially, don't be fooled. Look for evidence, right? Test it, right? I mean, that essentially is the, the, the success principle of science, right? So somebody says, you know, oh, I have this new discovery about the, you know, oxygen. Uh, I have a new discovery about this or that. You know, the scientific community now for several hundred years, their, their guiding principle is, well, test it, you know? Let's be skeptical. And uh, scripture says, the precise same thing, right? It doesn't just say test every spirit. It says test yourself. Examine yourself if you're in the faith. So, you know, and there's, there is a very, very strong tradition in the Bible running through the entire Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, of evidence, of looking for evidence to confirm things. Um, and I wrote a long paper, which you can find at Christ Life Magazine blog, a long research study that took me uh, 
several years to 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 complete um uh about that that if you if you study how uh, the lord jesus answers the question about his identity um as uh now let's see but basically what you see is is that the lord consistently follows a principle of evidence um and he points to evidence uh for his for his assertions his claims um and so i think the name of the the research paper is uh tell john what you hear and see anyway uh and again some people may say well gosh you know that's a really isn't that a really downer you know like i can't just trust things uh you're telling me jj thomas that you know i need to be skeptical i have to test things i need to be uh you know uh, uh on my guard you know and i would like to refer you to a speech uh given by uh jim douglas uh james douglas um uh Douglas with two s's at the end uh at the 2009 meeting uh of an organization that is about political assassination trying to study political assassination you can uh, nowadays it's on the internet it's on YouTube uh Jim Douglas has written uh at least two books now about dreadful political assassinations uh of John F Kennedy and of uh MK Gandhi um and uh the in india and and how uh um uh dreadful corruption within society led to these assassinations and in this speech he talks about he says you know uh people asked me when i began researching john f kennedy's assassination isn't aren't you frightened this is going to get you down and what his answer was was that no because uh when we understand the truth of these matters uh that these people let's say Kennedy he was assassinated by corrupt elements uh within his own government um uh, when we understand why that happened it's a, it it brings us hope because we understand that Kennedy was standing for something so good that he had to be killed. And uh so meaning that recognizing something evil, right? Recognizing, oh my goodness, you know, there's aspects of this existence here on earth that is like wandering through through the Sahara desert. It's like wandering through a sometimes a, you know, moonless night in a forest with wolves. It's like um uh having to deal with a very very thick fog you know and trying to navigate through that and dealing with you know bumping and you know possibly shipwrecking and so on you know in thick fog that but recognizing that and and learning how to deal with it right meaning by then saying well in thick fog in a dark night in the sahara there is a method and what my my answer to, you know my my testimony is is that there is a method of coming through this you know valley um and it relates to you know it, everything is depending upon uh, uh almighty god's purpose and design of this valley that he created right yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me
Um, right? Psalm 23. So meaning there, God designed this valley, this fog, this darkness, um, this Sahara <laughs> uh, for a reason. There's a good reason behind it. And, uh, and, and being careful, testing things, being scientific is not a retreat into negativity and cynicism at all. It is a uh, responsible uh, approach to this challenge to say, I want to work with truth. I want to be trustworthy and find what is trustworthy. So that's where I'll uh, pause <laughs> this message and with hope for your blessing. And as an epilogue, uh, certainly I see uh, what a lot of other people are seeing, uh, which is that um, human history is moving into a, a period of intense darkness, terrific uh, problems with uh, social corruption um, and, uh, and that this social corruption is leading uh, to dreadful uh, violence, crimes against humanity, uh, whether it's the geoengineering that's been going on for decades, which you can learn about through an organization called Geoengineering Watch, uh, the mass poisoning through the medical industry, which you can learn about now from many organizations, but uh, the organization that has provided the best information uh, in, you know, or, uh, overall is an organization called Ch Children's Health Defense, which was established by John F. Kennedy, uh, President John F. Kennedy's nephew, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, and uh, other types of dreadful, dreadful um, uh, assaults on 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 life human life and and the life of our uh cousins in the animal world and and all creatures um and uh this is all according to what scripture uh warns of in great detail which i refer to you know by reading the bible and i've made a lot of different commentaries on this through these types of uh, broadcasts and also different articles and publications on social media for example uh at uh I've been active on uh, on something called gab.com uh, under the uh, identification of at Christ Rescues, likewise Instagram at Christ Rescues, likewise Getter, which is another social media at Christ Rescues, uh, likewise Twitter um, at Christ Rescues. So I've been talking about these things. And uh, you who are listening to this, you may be um, uh, listening to this some period from now. And uh, and wondering, you know, was J.J. Thomas aware of how bad things were going to get? And sadly, yes, uh, I am aware of how bad things uh, can get. Uh, Christ warns about it very explicitly in the New Testament. And he says, uh, when the end comes, it's going to be the worst pressure, uh, the worst suffering, the worst tribulation, the worst difficulties of any period in history. Um, however, I know that uh, God's promises are kept. And therefore, I want to assure you that my, um, that I, f I fully, uh, I, in all my experience, the New Testament is totally true and God keeps all his promises. So I encourage you to really turn to Almighty God. Not only did he design this valley that we go through here in this world, he designed the end times. The devil can do nothing beyond what God allows. So however much power you believe that evil has gotten in your 
part of the valley, wherever you are, uh, I encourage you to to see the evidence that uh, Almighty God ha- has full control and that uh, uh, he, he keeps his promises. And uh, so turn to the New Testament uh, and, and, uh, and uh, navigate using uh, the words of the New Testament.